Hey, this is Mike Lindsay from VitalMX. We are here today for Triumph's U.S. Racing Operations announcement down at Angel Stadium. We've got somebody here I've not gotten to see in a while. I have gotten to, <laughs> I have gotten to talk to you probably in the last year or so, but haven't got to see you in a while, sir. Uh, of course, this is Bobby Hewitt. Um, I would say your, your racing pedigree or the results and championships kind of speak for themselves, but you're here with the Triumph crew. Um, you know, we hear things through the grapevine over the course last year. I know about a little over a year ago there was situation where they were trying to figure out you know what this u.s bracing program was going to look like who are the people involved um how'd that come about for you how did you get involved uh to be honest with you uh ricky and jh initially reached out to mm -hmm. me probably may of last year and mm -hmm. 21 mm -hmm. um just to see if I was still interested in being involved in racing you know what were my plans and and as I told everybody that had contacted me you know right place right time right situation I fully planned on being back in, in racing but I didn't want to just come back just to participate I didn't want to be part of a program and finish 7th through 15th I have no interest in that I mean I wanted to be part of a program that I knew that we could win championships, that mm -hmm. compete for championships, compete for race wins, and win the right place in the right time. And of course, at that time, I didn't, I didn't have any idea of who it was or what it was. Um, obviously, they said, "Well, we need to sign an NDA," as everybody knows. Um, my first reaction was, "Holy shit!" when I opened up the NDA because yeah. in all the scenarios, you know, based on previous conversations, I knew there were opportunities in yeah. other places and been contacted, but um, surprised, mm -hmm. but more importantly, excited about it. I mean, I grew up in a motorcycle family. My father rode, my mother rode, had motorcycles my whole life, you know. My dad was a diehard Triumph. You know, that's the only bike they rode. Still have photos of him, you know, me as a kid on, on them yeah. as well. Um, so that's, that's really how it started. And, you know, the, the message was, you know, we're looking for someone. Um, brief description of the roles and responsibilities and things like that. Um, but it was clearly communicated, you know, you're one of six. You know, um, we're going to go through our due diligence, and and I didn't know who the other six, you know, the other five were or four were, um, you know. And as they went through the process, okay, there's four, okay, there's two, and you know, anyone that knows me, I mean, I, I'm not Ricky Carmichael, you know, I'm not a five-time, ten-time champion or anything, I, you know, I. I have a different managing style. I have a different way of, of doing things. Um, and there were some pretty oppressive names on there. And I, I, the nice thing is when you're not really looking for a job, you know, you, and based on experience, previous experience, I mean, there, I knew there were some things that, you know, were non-negotiable, so to speak. And so as you go through the process and everything, and then, what was it? Probably around Anaheim 2 mm -hmm. this year. Yep. Uh, 
is when this Anaheim one, Anaheim two was when they said, okay, you're the guy. Yeah. Um, and I've been fully involved since then. Mm -hmm. Multiple trips over to Hinkley and the UK um, in the development process, working with Ricky, working with the engineers, um, trying to put a staff together. Uh, so it's, you know, this day couldn't come soon enough. I wanted this day to come six months ago. Yeah. You know, I, I don't need all this, you know. It, it, I even said, you know, put out a two-sentence statement. You yeah. know. Bobby Hewitt's hired. Great. Let's go. So I know, basically, you said there, and also knowing certain people that have been headhunt for different positions, stuff that you've worked on, they've worked on. I know of quite a few of the people you were talking about that were in that tendering process for the position. You end mm -hmm. up with like... They, they probably know more than I do. They did their due diligence because, again, I know some of the names. It's some of also some of the other biggest heroes I've seen run. Teams have been involved in mm -hmm. championships, so they clearly... You know, it, there, it was a great opportunity that you were available at the time, but it also wasn't just on their end willy nilly. Like, oh, you know, oh, he's, you've done very well in racing, but it wasn't just as much. Oh, he's available. Let's let's go that route. Yeah. Like there was, they did their due diligence and took quite a bit of time to really decide how they wanted this structure to look like. And, and one of the most curious parts I am with that is having spoken to you uh, prior about you know when you were thinking about coming back in some way. Mm -hmm. I know, like you said, you've for anybody that doesn't know your prior racing team, I know they look and go, oh. Rockstar Husky, Rockstar Suzuki, but you had Motorsport Cowie, Canada Cowie before that, Extreme Team mm -hmm. Green Cowie. That's, you know, I'm just rough mathing here. It was over a 15-year process to go from the beginning of that race team to where you ended. And I understand not wanting to come back and, as you said, basically, you, you've put in the effort to race for wins and, and championships and thing of that nature. So I imagine, other than their interest in you, this had to tick a lot of boxes for, for yourself. It, it did. You know, it's, like I said, you know, I've, been back in the I've been in this industry for over 20 years and mm -hmm. um, as opportunities like early on with the amateur program with the extreme extreme team green it you know had the opportunity to do pros earlier on but you know there was a strategic method to the math madness so to speak um, most importantly you know most managers, you know, they're ex-riders, ex-mechanics, you know, they're inside the circle, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I was outside this spot. And I'll never forget one of the early conversations that I had with Mitch Payton when mm -hmm. first started uh, the amateur program and thinking yeah. about doing the pros was, you know, Mitch is an iconic individual within the industry and have the utmost respect for him. And, my first meeting with him after hours, mm -hmm. through the back door, yep. carrying a case of curse. Yep. Can't come in the back door without a case. Hey, that's how you earn your time. Yeah. Your, your, your first thing he said is, and this is my first meeting with him, you're not going to buy your way into this industry. And I said, I don't want to buy my way. I want to earn it. Mm -hmm. You know, I just don't want to be a team that shows up at A1 and gone by Vegas. And I think you and I have had those conversations before. Yep. But, you know... As opportunities have come along, you know, and being able to work with it, there's so much that goes into any of the racing programs, whether you're a privateer or you're full factory. I, the general public doesn't have any idea the amount of work, time, and energy, as you well know, that goes in to running and putting together a program. And uh, as those op opportunities came available and we had success and just it, 
you know, took advantage of the situations that we have, but it's just, it just takes time. You know, the, I tell everybody, you know, the first 14 years I did this, I never received a paycheck or one penny. I was the guy writing the checks. 14 years. And I, you know, I don't do this because it's a job. I do it because I enjoy it. I've never done anything that for the money. I think if you do it for the money, you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. But, you know, been fortunate. Had some great people along the way that helped assist. I mean, just... I may be the face because for so many years, I didn't want to be the face. You know, I wanted to be the guy in the back. I'm involved in it on a day-to-day basis, but I never wanted to be the face. You know, I had, you know, started off with Ed Torrance and then, you know, having Bill Keefe as my team manager and then Dave Gallen. And then when hit the opportunity came up with Monster and he went there, that's that's really when I step so somewhat from the shadows to the, to the front. And, um, still heavily involved, but it's it's been a long road, a lot of ups, a lot of downs, but have enjoyed it a long way. And to have this opportunity, it's a once in a lifetime. You know, the, think about it. when was the last? What was it? Is it 96 when KTM came in? Somewhere, I mean, they'd race a bit in the in the mid-90s, but, but I mean, seriously. I mean, yeah. there's been other brands yeah. that have spun yeah. off that, obviously. But, I mean, to truly have yeah. a new brand come into the industry, build a bike from the ground up, I mean, those opportunities don't come along. Yeah, and I, I think we've, we've spoke about this before. You know, on one hand, you could have easily gone financial partners together and come back racing, but also I'm sure you, you went through this process with it is an OEM partner is so it vital is. in the sport to do it right. You can be competitive, like you guys at different points in your team's existence were very competitive and were able to race at the front, but I think you, we both well know like to get truly to the top level, you also have to have a very committed OEM partner that is willing to go the extra lengths that you need it, as, a, as a team as well. It, it's extremely important. Mm-hmm. I mean, and what I'm most fortunate about on this opportunity is is that Triumph and I, Triumph as a company and me as an individual are aligned a lot on, you know, integrity, the way that we think about things, our principles, um, which is important. I mean, it's it's one of those, you know, obviously 2013, you know, we did very well with Davey, you know, full privateer, no support. I mean, I still think Anaheim won with Davey Millsaps and Trey Kennard at A1 is still one of the most exciting races. Obviously, there's been others, but... It's up there. You know, it, I mean, that was a highlight, you know, at that point in my career and one that, you know, we were very extremely proud about. But it... it look, a manager's role and responsibility is to pull a group of people together and get the best out of them as a group, you know, and create the atmosphere, create, you know, the integrity, you know, everybody pulling the rope at the, in the same direction and have mutual respect for each other. Um, there's a lot of mechanical side of it is, but, you know, 
this is all new, relative. There's always. I always say I never want to buy a champion. I want to build a champion. You know, if you look at the past riders that I've had, like Davey, um, Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne. I mean, Tommy Hahn won our first outdoor at Steel City on when we were on Cowies. You know, Blake Baggett won our first 250 championship, uh, not championship race in Dallas. Um, those are just building blocks. And the one thing you can't substitute is time and experience. And it, whether you're a writer, whether you're a mechanic, whether you're a team owner or, you know, any of those things, it just it just takes time. Um, you learn along the way and you just keep putting tools in the pouch. How, how do you feel with this situation? So, again, if, if the team is totally private, you're the owner, you're getting support from different people, but it's 100% it's yours. Again, you have a lot of say on that, bringing the people together that you want and managing them and building that unison, what, what you're looking for, bringing tools into the tool bag and, and making them work. You know, as soon as you get a larger partner involved, like we said, there are parts where an OEM is really vital to have to go racing at the, the best level to truly have all their technical involvement, but at the same time, red tape can come with it. I imagine if you're sitting here, knowing your, your personality, your management style, you've you know, they trust you and that you've probably been given the leeway on a lot of that that, that you would want. There is. I mean, it's a learning process for yeah. both of us. Um, yes. You know, I have the utmost respect for time. Um, very, very grateful for the opportunity. You know, it, as the, the big difference is, is that there's somewhat of an education process that goes along with this because in Triumph as a company as a whole, there's only two individuals that actually have Supercross experience, mm -hmm. North American President Rod and, and myself. And so, you know, when someone's spending millions and millions of dollars and, you know, heavily invested into a program, you know, it's not like I have an open checkbook and I go, I want that guy, I need that machine, I need this or I need that. You know, there, there is an education process that goes through that. You know, you do, you know, Triumph is a very successful corporation for a reason, and I have to do my due diligence, and I have to, you know, have them understand, you know, why we need to do what we're doing and when we need to do what we're doing. And um, but it, they haven't told me no yet. And <laughs> hey, that's a good start. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and it's fully expected and, and respected. Is it's just, you know. I guess the the main thing is getting them to understand that decisions in racing need to happen quickly. Yep. And the closer we get to 2000, January 2024, that process needs to be shortened. And but from the engineering side, the development side, it's it's been a really really breath of fresh air, so to speak. How exciting is the process for you? Again, we have time. You have till January 2024 until we will see. We, we don't have time. <laughs> it's, it's, it does come out as a joke. It is coming quickly, but at the same time, you've been here for a little while now. You've got to see the equipment. You, you get to line all these people. I mean, it could be more stressful. It could be, again, it could be racing this year. Again, a year will go by pretty quick, but are you personally happy and satisfied with that those timelines right now what progress yes. you guys are making what I you're mean, seeing if you know like i said i've been involved with them for over a year now and you know obviously it can't 
to talk about all of it. I wish yeah. I could, but part of the marketing part. Um, there's been a lot of work and a lot of things that have been put in place and, and have started down that road. If, if I was at day one today, yeah. I, we wouldn't be going racing in 24. Yep. I, and, and that was clearly understood was that one of the things that mm -hmm. it, if I had any doubt, mm -hmm. any, that we won't be ready in January 2024, I, it's, it's literally, I wouldn't say it's all my decision, mm -hmm. but I carry a pretty big stick on that. Mm -hmm. You know, that if we're not ready, we're not ready. And I have no problem if we had to wait till outdoors for the pro motocross or if we had to wait 25. Mm -hmm. But, you know, where we are today, it, it, there's not gonna be any issues being ready and competitive come yeah. 2024. I think that's the last big talking point here is these timelines, how how you guys have this stretch down plan out. I know people are constantly clamoring, like, where's bike, where's this, where's that? This is a huge undertaking. Again, you have it's no not, idea. It's not just, it's not just it, it would be one thing if Triumph was already building dirt bikes and had for a couple years and decide they want to go supercross or motocross racing. That alone would still be a huge undertaking. But the fact that we are, again, starting with a new platform that they've never built for dirt and to come racing. And clearly, again, with the people that are assembled in this room and yourself, it's not just to go racing to, hey, let's feel it out for a couple years and learn. You guys want to be competitive right off the bat. So, again, people wonder about timelines, but there's a very good reason for it. There is a lot of a lot of moving parts in this in this situation. And when that time comes, which yeah. will be in the short time period, you know, once everyone really understands and knows the whole backstory and everything goes into this, I mean, there are years and years and years of development you know, pen to paper long before Ricky came on. Yep. And, you know, we've been in, Triumph's been in, you know, almost four full years now mm -hmm. developing the bike. So it's not like, hey, last year when they announced we're going to come racing, that they decide, I mean, this this process is has been building and being part of the corporate structure and the segment in which they wanted to enter for many, many years. So when I got involved with it, I mean, surprisingly pleasantly surprised we were much further down the road mm -hmm. than what i initially thought that we would be at this time that being said assembling the team with dave arnold and, and dudley and scuba and myself um, we've also we're not so far along down the line that we haven't been able to make some changes and and do some things where we need to tweak it a little bit so that it will be competitive and supercross and it will be competitive in the pro motocross because what you have to understand we have the whole homologation process here in north america versus on the mxgp it's a pretty open book what you can do there we we have to say and um been heavily involved with ama with Feld, you know not to come to the starting gate and go hey you know, this is what we brought to the race. We want to make sure, you know, we do have the amount of units in, in North America that we have, that we do, are following the guidelines and principles of the rule book. And so there's been a lot of discussion and things that go on, but I mean, it's, we're much further down the line than I think what the general public perceives today. Well, thank you very much for your time, sir. Thank you.